Hey, it's Luke here for another episode of Money Talks. In this episode, I'll be talking about how culture impacts how the way we invest and how is that translated into how most people in ASEAN invest. So, what is cultural investing? It's basically how the norms and behaviors of investors impact how the way they allocate and manage their capital. Investment preferences typically would differ immensely from one culture to another, and how that translates into real-life investor behavior, well, let's just say that it gets a bit more complex as we go down the rabbit hole. But hey, that's why we're here to break it down for you. Now, before I get ahead of myself, Southeast Asian culture is pretty much very unique and complex in its own right. But in this episode, I'll touch on a couple of observations that we have drawn out and do my best to do justice to illustrate them to all of you listeners out there. Let's dive right in. Like most Asian cultures, it's pretty common for most parents to encourage their children to start investing into real estate when they have the capabilities to do so. While it can be a profitable asset class, real estate investments might not be the best choice when considering current circumstances, which include inflation, fall off prices of local currencies, housing bubbles, interest rates, and more. So the traditional way can no longer be considered the best or only way to invest for the long term. And you'll be surprised by how much culture drives investment behavior, or in this case, investor rationality, despite taking into account constants like the ebbs and flows of macroeconomic conditions. Every culture has its own views on investing, earning interest, and what constitutes a safe investment. While these differences can be challenging for most people from other parts of the world to understand, I think it's essential that we understand our cultural biases when starting our investment journey. So in this perspective, biases are not always a bad thing. The key here is deciding which of these are positively serving your investment goals and which of them you gotta let go in order to find success in your own life. Let's unfold the first part, the good. Growing up in Malaysia, it's pretty common for everyone to start their investment journey in unit trust funds, which is pretty much a considered a safe investment option with fairly consistent performance. So which part of this is considered good? So it's good in a sense where your first dollar, either coming from your part-time job or the money you get from your relatives during festive seasons can be put into these funds. So in this case, the culture of investing really gives you a sense of direction on where can you start investing. And it's pretty much the default way if you don't have any other options on hand. So apart from unit trust funds and real estate, what are the asset classes that culture has had a hand in dictating? It's probably gold, most definitely gold. Across most Asian cultures, gold has always been the go-to when it comes to converting cold hard cash into something a bit more fungible. Gold investment has also been desirable culturally in most ASEAN cultures. Hence, the many modes to invest into gold has been developed over the years. So you can start buying your first piece of jewelry or 916 gold and progressively move on to the next step, which is buying gold bars or 999 gold. Not only that, gold investments have always been democratized to the extent that you can even buy digital gold that allows you to start investing as low as $5. And for us, that's the beauty of wealth tech. Here comes the hard part, the bad. How does culture cultivate bad investment habits or decisions? From our point of view, there are two ways we can look at how culture enforces negative investment practices. 
One way is through looking at how we invest. In this case, it could be the methodologies that we use or how we control our emotions during the decision-making process. And let's get real. When we were growing up, we're often being told of how bad certain investments are. For example, Forex gets a bad rep when it comes to being a safe investment option. It's often also in connection with taking huge losses, risks, and scams. And if the investment medium is so bad, can we explain why $6.6 trillion on average per day is being traded on the Forex market? So depending on the asset class, we think that investments with high rewards entail high risks. So let's picture this. Only 10% of investors who jump into the Forex market make it while the rest don't. So you can imagine the rest of the population, or in this case, 90% of people who go into Forex are making losses. And that explains why ultimately the Forex market remains a gray area for investors who are just starting out. And it's also understandable why some cultures talk about how risky investments are or why Forex are inherently risky. Secondly, in more individualistic cultures, we could see that there are a greater number of investors who are seeking quick gains from their investment or making rash investment decisions based on their ego. This ultimately exposes you, the investor, and putting you and your capital at risk. And it could also explain why such culture also translates into how investment products are being created out in the market to satisfy the high-octane, risk-taking behaviors as opposed to safer investment products. Another aspect of culture I'd like to explore is another perspective of risk aversion. So an individual's comfortability with investing and their ability to plan out a savings strategy largely comes from their perspective of investing growing up. So I grew up seeing my parents investing into the equity market, which kind of explains my decision to follow in their footsteps as soon as I had a bit of cash to invest in. Some cultures and belief system might also have stricter rules on investing. For example, for investors who adhere to the Islamic faith, she could only invest in companies that complies with the Islamic law, or in this case, the Sharia law. Thus, investing into companies or industries which are involved in harmful substances or practices, such as alcohol, firearms, and tobacco, are completely off the table. But with all that being said, I think the most important thing is to always be comfortable with your own investment decisions. So I personally think that investing is a dynamic process and money doesn't grow if it's idle. So in other words, investing is also a continuous cycle and it involves the process of us buying and selling as well as exiting an investment strategy and moving to another. So an investment strategy should be made to accommodate your own unique lifestyle. And you can still do that by respecting the knowledge which has been passed down through your own culture while still setting your own boundaries around how and when you'll invest in your unique goals and dreams. In our future episodes, we're planning to do a special where we talk to people down the street on how they have invested their capital. And if that interests you, you can tag us on our social media page by searching up AxeH or you could email me directly at hello at Alternatively, if you have any special topics or issues that you'd like us to talk about, hit us up. Our team will put together something for all of you listeners out there. As always, if you love this episode, consider subscribing and sharing the episode with people who might be interested on the topic. So our show is produced by Shafika, Shafik is our fact checker, Hong is our head of portfolio management, and I'm your host Luke Suzaki for the show. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.